Welcome to episode number 113 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. My name is Cole Ross and I am joined in the studio by, yes, by Dennis Furia. Thank you so much. Ben uh, wasn't able to be here, but that actually has a kind of kind of a nice little unintended positive effect mm-hmm. in that I can try out this new um, uh you know, audio interface. It has two inputs and uh, I have access to two microphones. So we're going to see um, where it's, it, we're definitely experimenting with the audio. Um, if, uh, did you listen to last week's uh, Dennis? I haven't gotten a chance yeah, but, okay. to, was it? Um, yeah, I thought the audio quality was good. I, I, I like the new mic. So you're on my mic right now. I'm, I'm on yeah, my roommate. So everyone's so. hearing me on a new level. I just yeah. realized that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've, I've always wanted to experiment with two at once. So this is a great opportunity. <laughs> careful easy be easy boy <laughs> um so uh what do we have in store for you uh today we're going to talk a little bit about uh that tired old games as art debate uh we're also going to um you know hit up uh, some you know some announcements some uh delays well i mean one of each uh when i say some that's what i mean <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh the nice part is we're also going to uh talk about what we've been playing i've been playing some mortal kombat Nice. Uh, with a friend in Vietnam, so that's good. Um, and then I'm also going to, uh, well, we're going to have our most uh, um, popular discussion question, I think, ever on the history of the show. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that this is the most response that we've gotten, because I, like, I have like four responses, and you have like three. Yeah, it's so, touched a nerve. So yeah, I mean, you, you, you might think that we've been cheating to get all these responses, but you know, stick, stick around to the end, though. That's, that's fun. We're, we're, we're talking about strategy guides and games and whatever. So um, stick around. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. We're going to come back with the quick hits. Now it is time for the quick hits section of our show, the video game news, uh, where we talk about it briefly and we make a couple of these noises. Pow, 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 weapon, weapon, weapon. Hey, that, that, that pop filter is only, you know, it's, it's only so good. So don't put it know. to the test, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, 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 <laughs> we make those asinine noises and we tell you a little bit about what's happening in the video game industry. Like just when 2011 seemed like it was too good to be true. Uh, Bioware went ahead and delayed mass effect three. Oh. Um, now it's release date was, you know, never, Never really that certain to begin with, but now it's going to be coming out, quote, sometime in the first three months of 2012. Uh, So next year. Now, BioWare creative director Casey Hudson says the development team is laser focused on making sure Mass Effect 3 is the biggest, boldest and best game in the series, ensuring that it exceeds everyone's expectations. Now, on an earnings call, uh, C, uh, EA uh, CEO John Riccatello said, essentially, step-by-step, BioWare is adjusting some of the gameplay mechanics and some of the features that you'll see at E3 that can put this into a genre equivalent of a shooter-meets-RPG and essentially address a larger market opportunity than Mass Effect 1 did and Mass Effect 2 began to approach. Um, now, I don't know about you. That, that doesn't mean an awful lot to me. No, it, I, I feel like they hit the nice shooter versus RPG balance. It's a pretty good the balance. Uh, they, 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 they really managed to hit that. The, the one thing I would say, I, I haven't played one, but what I know from playing two and from hearing about one is that two is an ultra, ultra stripped down version of gear and loot. Yeah. So you can, you can buy maybe a couple new guns in each section 
Um, and I don't know if you can, well, yeah, you, you can do armor upgrades, but they're minimal. Um, so maybe what they're talking about is swinging a little bit back towards the RPG. It is a distinct possibility. That, that would be, cause it feels like they've got, they've got the shooting down. And, uh, if anything, the, the RPG elements were, were minimal. It wasn't bad at all. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they did a good job with it, but you know, part of that loot hunter in me might be, <laughs> could, could be, could have been further peaked through the game. But, but, but if, if we're, if we're going to kind of lay out the, uh, the, the, the scatter plot, the Venn diagram here, mm-hmm. they're talking about, you know, going a little bit beyond what Mass Effect 2 kind of approached and making it a larger market share than Mass Effect 1. And I'd say that, you know, if, if we're going to look at the biggest distinction between Mass Effect 1 and Mass Effect 2, it is, like you said, kind of the, 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 uh, um, essential RPG-ness of, hmm. of of one, although I'd say that two does a better job of putting you in the role of Commander Shepard, but that is uh, such another discussion. Yeah. What, what is an RPG? <laughs> I don't know. It's a, yeah, no, next week's like five episodes. <laughs> People tend to get really, really sensitive about that. So so maybe maybe this will be Mass Effect 2 with killstreaks. <laughs> that's, that's the way we'll go. Hey, you know, they deny that there'd be multiplayer, but... Uh, you know, it might be it might be an eleventh hour surprise. I'm not really sure. Three hundred shepherds running around and, <sighs> and killing each other. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just sad. I mean, it's it, it, in in one way, it's kind of heartening, just because um, it's heartening because the game of the year. I mean, that battle for 2011 is going to be so so rough. Mm-hmm. I mean. People were thinking that this was going to be coming out the same month, maybe even the same day, potentially, as Elder, Sc- Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. And we right? all know that spelt death for Elder Scrolls. <laughs> you would not be, you would not believe how many assholes I know who have, who, who have been like, oh, well, I mean, if it comes down between the two of them, I'm going to play Skyrim more. I, really? I, I sympathize. I, I think that Skyrim is going to be a really fun game, but come on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure where that stance is rooted. I'm, I'm, in. I'm glad to know that you that, that you're standing very firmly on this side of my line in the sand. Dennis. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think it gets down to that that uh, loot hunter. Maybe maybe Elder Scrolls uh, is for the the number crunching Excel spreadsheet loot hunters. Yeah, yeah, it's for the nascent kleptomaniacs and all of us. And I, I'm I'm as guilty as any of us. I <laughs> I, I, I spent I, I've spent an inordinate amount of time in Cyrodiil. Okay. Yeah. I well, have, certainly we're not putting down that universe. No, no, no we're not. You know, I have I, I just installed Morrowind on my uh, on my other laptop. You know, hmm. it's not a. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, Mass Effect Three not going to be coming out, but you know, same thing happens uh, with Mass Effect Two, and I don't think it'll be to its detriment. And uh, 2012, uh, you know, may have gotten its game of the year a little bit early, just like yeah. you know, 2010 did with Mass Effect Two, and 2011 <laughs> yeah. did with Portal Two. For so, sure. you know, I, I kind of wonder with. It's almost become part of the hype cycle, right? Delays are so ingrained in any big game. I would almost be worried if it came out perfectly on time. Maybe yeah. like clearly, you guys are missing something if you're out on time. Or, or, or it would be like, <laughs> imagine if they brought it out early. <laughs> We're moving it up, surprise! If, if, if they if they pulled a, a Sega Saturn on it oh and, said, and said like, "Hey, uh, I, I know that you're just now hearing about this, and I know that you haven't had a chance to make, to make any games for our system, but we're going to have this in stores like right now." <laughs> just just put put Mass Effect Three out on store shelves without telling anyone and yeah. let it go viral. <laughs> 
Oh my god, I just picked up Mass Effect 3. When did that come out? Dude, it's not out yet. Uh, pretty sure I'm playing it right now. I- I'm looking at it like right here. I can send you a picture of the box. Beep, 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 beep. I wouldn't believe him. That would be such a crazy storm of publicity. Yeah. That would be amazing. But but, it'd all, but like it would also be just like suicide, I think, maybe. I think yeah. what would also be indicative of a horribly broken game if you brought it out early from the release date. Or if they brought it out early, that actually does really a, a really good job of heading off the most problematic thing about games like this. Hmm. You know, the, the, the pre-release coverage tends to ruin aspects of the game. That's true. That's true. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, Bioware... You done fucked up. You should, you know, don't don't delay it. In fact, bring it out tomorrow. I think we're all we'll, we'll all be happier. Yeah, and you know what? It could just load up to a screen with a picture of Hitler, and whenever you push a button on the controller, his eyes flash. People would still drool for it. It's it's got the Mass Effect three name. You can't go wrong. I I mean it's 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 good. I mean they really build on the foundation blocks. But I, I mean, it may just be me. But is is Shepard like super racist now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just does not like Turians. So Ebert sparked a huge flame war when he talked about video games uh, being incapable of being considered art. Uh, He later went on to recant, saying that he just was not informed enough to have an intelligent opinion um, and was probably wise because I was personally mounting a raid with several other gamers to take him out. I mean, he, uh, he lives in Chicago. It's like a five-hour drive. Yeah, it's so. it's and the, the crowds were willing um, because he really touched a nerve. But I think we can now ray this ray this. Wow. <laughs> but I think we can now lay this issue to rest because the video games are now in the Smithsonian. Huzzah! Yay! And obviously, that's the definition of what art art is 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 whatever gets in the Smithsonian. Well, are fighter planes um, art? Well, is Archie Bunker's chair art? You know what? I'm going to say yes. Okay, I am a... too. Stifle, Edith. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so there's there's a, an exhibit in the Smithsonian um, called The Art of Video Games that is about the 40-year history of video games and uh, focusing on them as an artistic medium in the world of striking visual effects, creative use of new technologies, and the most influential artists and designers. So um, this is go ahead. interruption. Is it is a tourist fanny pack art? Because I'm I'm sure that I've seen plenty of those in the Smithsonian. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Actually, I did, but it was funny enough. I think it could be it, a really so. a really sweet looking fanny pack. <laughs> it's got flames on it and shit. Flames <laughs> on it. Yeah, Continue. number paint on the side. <laughs> but anyway, I think the coolest thing about the way they did this is they put up a, a website with 240 proposed choices and then let the masses vote on what games should be held up as the best examples of art in this medium. And so the voting is in, and there is there is a whole slew of games, 80 out of those 240 made the cut. Um, and uh, the, the exhibit is going to be uh, on display from March 16th, 2012, to September 30th, 2012. Now let's cut to the chase. What are the games that were considered worthy of being in the Smithsonian? Start us with the playable ones. Yeah, let's, that's a much let's smaller list. So that's that's actually a really cool facet. Um, in addition to the the crowdsourcing of the exhibit, I, I feel like the Smithsonian hit so many nails on the head with the way they did this. Um, they're going to have five games that are playable in the exhibit. 
Um, and these should be very familiar names to anyone who has even a passing interest in the video game world. The first one, uh, hailing from the longest time ago, is Pac-Man, which is it's almost impossible to talk about video games uh, and their history without uh, involving Pac-Man in some way. So that will be playable. The next will be Super Mario Brothers. Um, after that comes, and I'm, I'm kind of happy to see this one in. I haven't played it personally, but I, I know so many people who love it. The Secret of Monkey Island. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, really, good, uh, that's a really good pick. Yeah. Huh. And, and it's, it's interesting to consider, though, for someone walking through an exhibit, how good of a feel are they going to be able to get for a game um, by being able to play it for five, maybe ten minutes you know, before being pushed on by the crowd. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Pac-Man and, and Super Mario Brothers will translate just fine. Um, Secret of Monkey Island might be possibly a not uh, a challenge. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on it. You, you're a little more familiar with it. Yeah. I, I like, I like Monkey Island and I think that a lot of, a lot of its charm has to do with, uh, you, you know, being able to read it, um, and being mm-hmm. able to kind of enjoy the puns. A lot of, a lot of the jokes are set in motion early and take a long time to, uh, you know, come <laughs> to fruition. Yeah. Um, that isn't to say that the minute to minute gameplay, God, I hate that word. That isn't to say that the minute to minute experience isn't, you know, artistic. I mean, the, the, the graphics, hand drawn, cartoony, beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the dialogue, um, is, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, it holds up. You know, even with the best of the stuff today, <laughs> you, you know, sure. um, so, you know, the, the, that is something. But I'd say like the full appreciation, like you, you can play Pac-Man for like five minutes and like get a really good appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Not like a Steve Weeby, you, you know, level of like Donkey Kong crazy <laughs> yeah, appreciation. Yeah. But like you can you, you can you can fully grok it. Right. Whereas yeah. I think I think that Monkey Island is a little bit uh, stickier. Um, but, you know, the, the coolest thing that I feel like this has potential to do is to have a whole slew of people going away going, man, that Monkey Island thing had something to it. I'm going to go buy it. Yeah, you can buy it for like five bucks on the iOS store. That's right. That's right. So who knows? We were introducing a whole new world of people to a whole new world of games. Well, I mean, that, that wasn't all of the playable ones, though, right? No, no, no. And, and let's not get bogged down because there's also another one that I feel like fits into this category of can't really get the full experience in five minutes. Which is missed. Yes, you really can't get the full experience of that. Although God knows it was the best-selling PC game up until The Sims in two thousand. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sim, the Sims supplanted it in two thousand and one. Um, and it's an eight-year reign. And I would I would assure you that uh, at least ninety percent of the people who purchased Mist or had it uh, included in their PC bundles, they probably just spent the majority of their time just walking around the uh, the main aisle looking at stuff and saying, ooh, pretty. Um, what am I doing here? <laughs> now, if you actually like went into the library and started reading stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a narrative here. There's puzzles, all that. That's one of those things. But uh, just as kind of a representation of what used to be the height of graphical um you know, re- representation, oh, yeah. uh, it, it definitely is still valid, but I also say as, you know, as kind of, uh, um, as kind of the, the, the benchmark for how, um, for how games can establish atmosphere, um, oh, for sure. you know, like the, the just making that a, a valid part because not, not an awful lot. Like I think that video games out of any medium have the best ability to create atmosphere. Yeah. And that is something where they're definitely leveraging is something that's unique to the medium. I think, I think this reveals something else unique about the medium of video games. And we've talked about miss ability to do this in the past, but video games are the one medium that can make you feel completely stupid 
without having someone standing over your shoulder telling you that you just don't get it. Right. You know, you can you can listen to jazz and, and you need some snob to be like, <laughs> you don't get it, this is worth listening to it. Otherwise, you're just like, this is stupid and I'll turn it <laughs> off. Um, you know, you need that outside influence to to make you feel inferior. Whereas <laughs> a game like Mist can make you feel completely lost and uh, confused yeah. without uh, any outside influence. Yeah, the people who like video games, they generally don't ruin the experience for you unless you go on the internet. <laughs> you know, that, that's something we joke about on TDRK, my other podcast. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of great things, you know, karate um, dollar stores that are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that are ruined by the people you have to share the experience with. And given how solitary the majority of video games are, aside from Smash Brothers and, you know, the majority of other fighting games. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, unless you go on the Internet, you should be OK. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe an, uh, a museum exhibit will be a, a safe haven to experience. Yes. Again. So, the final, the final playable game. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no. I was, okay. gonna, I was just going to usher you along in the process. Here. Sweet. So the final playable game, and this one was a bit of a head scratcher for me. I, I think it deserves mention just because of its sheer size, but I don't know how people are going to play this. Um, is World of Warcraft? Yep. So I, I guess they'll give you a pre-leveled paladin and let you take part in one one thousandth of a night of raiding. <laughs> And uh, just long enough to argue over a loot drop, and and then you're good. Yeah, have, have I mean this? This is probably a pretty stupid question to ask. You know, through you know, a couple of years in, have, have you have you spent uh, any, any appreciable uh, any appreciable amount of time playing WoW? No, I haven't. Yeah. I, I've never been able to bring myself to pay to get mm-hmm. into the world. However, I think it's an astounding example of a game that graphically, you know, is not superior to what's out there, you know, even at any given point, but it just has a very strong sense of style. Yeah. And, and that style works for it. And it's, I dare say iconic. And I think it deserves to be in here. I just don't know how <laughs> someone is going to experience a world of Warcraft in, in five minutes. Visually it is that, you know, it, it, it still holds up, you know, it sounds like damnation by faint praise, but just the very idea that you're sharing this space with thousands of other people that, 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 that alone, I think tends to heighten the experience. I mean, EverQuest, you know, it looks like you're, you know, controlling a character, you know, a, a night elf made out of Doritos, but um, <laughs> even, even in its time, um, but but just the fact that you you know your 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 Dorito elf was cohabitating with thousands of other Dorito elves that made it that made it worthwhile somehow. Yeah. So uh, playable games should be interesting to see how that works out. Um, let's move on to some of the just some of the games that made, and I'm gonna move in in reverse order, and you'll mm-hmm. kind of be going backwards in time, and I'll just start calling out names. Any that you feel compelled to comment on, or uh, we can we can stop and talk around. So. Uh, Brutal Legend is in nope. Heavy Rain. No, not happy to see that. <laughs> That's neat, but I, I don't, I don't understand why it's why it's worthwhile in the uh, in the grand scheme of things. It's nice. I like Tim Schafer. I just spent like five minutes gushing over over. Um, you know, Secret of Monkey Island. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably what got it in is Tim Schafer. Yeah. Uh, Heavy Rain is in. Uh, Uncharted Two is in, and I'm very happy to see that because it's a big blockbuster title. I feel like it could be dismissed as not art, but there is so much care and so much personality that yeah. goes into that game um, that I think it deserves to be in there. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Ooh, nope. I know Twilight Princess. I know. <laughs> now, now I know. If Ben were here, he would strongly disagree yes, with you. So, I'll, but I'll he's not. So yeah. <laughs> that's a, we can we can just beat up on it all we want. Super Mario Galaxy Two made it in. Um, Pikmin Two, Star Fox Assault. Nope. 
Why? Like that one. Why do it? I'm just I'm just being a it's, negative. It's the Nintendo. Yeah. It's the Nintendo GameCube. You got, you had to choose. But there's something. but there's already another Star Fox in there. I don't I don't understand. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll okay, go. What Sorry. what would you have chosen as the best shooter for the Nintendo GameCube? Like for for the Nintendo GameCube? Yeah. Like like a, like does it need to be a shooter? You, you know. It's well, the, it's a target category. So maybe Resident Evil Four could have fit in there. Yeah, I think that Resident Resident Evil Four would definitely have been you know a better way to do it. Hell, even like the Resident Evil remake. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was probably shelved in Adventure, perhaps, or okay. maybe Action, and that got beat out by uh, Wind Walker and Metroid Prime 2. Okay, I can I can get behind those. Yeah, so this one this one made me excited for PC, the combat strategy game, Minecraft. Yes, that, that and for, for being a game that is no longer, it's not, it's not finished. It's, it's not a thing that is a complete <laughs> yeah. product yet. <laughs> and with the rapidity with which it grabbed everyone, just, yeah. this is another testament to that. And I think the thing is though, it's, it's truly an innovative game and I think it deserves to be on display. Yeah. I, I was kind of confused. Splinter Cell made it in for the Microsoft Xbox. I can understand that one. Um, you ju- think? As, as uh, I mean, I present as evidence the fact that when I first played Splinter Cell, in the, uh, in the, in the very first level, there are um, plastic flaps uh, as though you were entering like a loading dock or a freezer. Uh-huh. Um, and I probably spent about 10 minutes walking back and forth through those, through those plastic flaps. Yeah. Um, just because like, holy crap, like that is such a cool detail. (laughs) And just like, it was like the most visually impressive thing I had seen aside from the shadows and Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the shadows can't be discounted, um, at all in that game, I think. Fair enough. So that's, that's, that's in there. I, I had forgotten about the fun of plastic flaps. Yes. Fantasy star is in there. Um, and looking at some of the very, very early on games, you have wow, this list is longer than I remembered. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, do, do do we have, do we have to go through all of them? No, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can post this later for people. To yeah, and, and and it's definitely something that can be linked to. I mean, I, I I really think it's a it's a good list, and there's some stuff on there that I didn't expect to see represented. Part of it doesn't really feel that right to me though, because it, it seems like it, it it comes across as almost a popularity contest. It was. It was a voting contest. <laughs> I know. So not almost a popularity contest, but most certainly and assuredly a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes it you know a good a good a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable if if there was um there, there was somebody officiating who you know who would say, well you know maybe we should have, we should have Eco in here instead of you know Star Fox Assault rather yeah. than knowing that there was a contingent of furries who were voting day and night to get star fox represented <laughs> yeah. on there in any way shape or form yeah very <laughs> true i think i think what you see is that they were dedicated to having um one game per category per system um but this is supposed to be a history exhibit mm-hmm. as well as an art exhibit and kind of i think that was their way of making sure they go through the history yeah. of games well, what's well, i forget what is the official title of this exhibit it is the art of gaming. The art of gaming. It, the so, art of video games. The art of the art. The art of video games. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, like, what the list reads to you know reads out to me is you know this is a list of notable games. Yeah. <laughs> not not not. This is a list of of exceptionally artistic games. Uh, fair. Which it, it's it, it might it might be an excessively snobbish um you know mangling of the of the semantics here but (laughs) well i think one i have to give kudos to the smithsonian for going we're not experts on this and we're not going to pretend like we are Mm -hmm. that was well done and i respect that um 
just putting it out to the masses, maybe not the best decision, but <laughs> no, um, I, I mean, I have, I have very few quibbles with the list aside from how overrepresented fantasy star and Panzer Dragoon are yeah. for some reason <laughs> that um, had, that had just the right amount of obscurity yeah. and fanboyism to get it voted in. And, 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 and if I had any, any gigantic quarrel or quibble, it would be that, um, Tetris isn't on there in any way, Ooh. shape or form. Good call. Yeah. It's, it's missed. Uh, that, 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 that's that's a that's a huge missed opportunity you know i think what probably happened is it was put up against pac-man and mm. uh lost out i'd say i'd say tetris is more notable probably i mean uh, if, if we're, if we're going to be provocative here come on come on crowdsourcing you screwed up <laughs> yeah and, and it'll, it'll be cool to see um what kind of popularity boost this gives to certainly older games because yeah. we've talked in the past about how there are so many games that are just being lost to obscurity because there's no one to preserve them to pass them on. You know, there's no format for that. Um, and good old games is, is fighting the fight. Yeah. But to, to have people exposed to the history of gaming like this will be, will be pretty cool. We will take a look and see what the response to this is. When does the exhibit go up? Goes up, uh, in March, 2012. Okay. Wow. So this is, this is a way out. This is a way out. Um, that it'll be really interesting to see what they put up like stills from the, uh, stills from the, um, Programs, prints. Oh my god! Uh, like promotional box art stuff like that. I, I'd, Perhaps I'd, that would be interesting to see. I, I feel like though, so much of games is in the interaction. You're taking away enough by not allowing someone to play the game. You have to at least keep it, you know, video format. Yeah, we'll see. But you know, there's certain games where any any given still looks like a looks 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 like a piece of art. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Shadow of the Colossus, Minecraft. Certainly, um, there 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 are some striking visuals to be found there. Mm-hmm. In, in their so. own kind of uh, blocky way. Yes. <laughs> uh, Game Informer recently announced the subject of its June magazine cover, which is... That, that's a drum roll. It's not a purring kitten. Although I could see. <laughs> Although both could be appropriate. Yes, a, a drum roll of purring kittens. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 subject of their cover is going to be Assassin's Creed Revelations, the follow up to Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, uh, the great game from last year. Now, aside from having the most cliched subtitle ever, yeah. Oh, Revelations, really? Like that's not been done like Dude, at all. I know subtitles. Like, like not like not not by you know uh, the Silent Hill movie that's coming out, a book <laughs> of the Bible. Um, you know, I think there was a there, there was a Legacy of Cain game that had that. Man, that's just that's bad. That's bad news. <laughs> I don't care if like your your game deals with like you know, biblical conspiracies and stuff like that. Don't, don't do that. You could have done it so much better. Yeah. You need to fire your advertising agency. Yeah. That's just, it just, it misrepresents the game. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, uh, the bad, revelation is this subtitle sucks. Yeah. Well, but despite how much the subtitle sucks, uh, the game will feature, uh, the finale to Ezio's story while also, uh, taking a look at Altair and Desmond. Uh, the other two kind of main characters from the uh, for, from the series. Uh, the bulk of the game follows Ezio's exploits in Constantinople, uh, also Ooh. known as Istanbul. Uh, for you, though, they, they might be Giants fans out there. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. I could go into a nice digression. Uh, in fact, I will because I lost my place here. There, <laughs> when I was a kid, the place where I went to get my uh, where I went to get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a, like a, I don't even know what you would call it. Uh, but it was like a chain place. And the, for the kids, they, they had you sit in like little, uh, 
like like little special chairs that were shaped like stuff and you watched TV and for the entire duration of what I went there uh, they only had one tape and it was the tiny tunes um huh. it was it was the tiny tunes music videos like okay. and, all, and all of them were they might be giant songs so nice. I'm like 4 and 5 taking in TMBG and uh you know I think I was better for it. Yeah, I was going to say, you could, you could do worse. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, Ezio is in Constantinople, uh, seeking out various seals that will allow him to re- relive memories of his ancestor, Altair. Um, in the present day, Desmond is monkeying around with the Animus uh, safe mode and solving narrative-based puzzles for some reason. Um, I, I'm assuming... So, wait, it's it's... Desmond having a dream of Ezio having a dream of... Altair. Yeah, and, and Altair is dreaming of Desmond. Whoa, the snake has on... eaten its tail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ezio, thoroughly old at this point, dude's like 60, mm-hmm. uh, will have access to a grappling hook-like device, uh, which, you know, that was my guess, either that or a jetpack, um, of how they would expand the series. I think, um, I, you might have to check me on this, but I think a jetpack might be an, an anachronism. So I'm at a grappling hook, you know, who, who knows anything about the medieval uh, Renaissance times? <laughs> they, they were barbarians. Uh, yeah, but that'll let him use like zip lines and he can wrangle enemies and stuff like that. Also, he can make uh, bombs, which is pretty neat. A uh, bunch of other stuff. Uh, is Ezio becoming Batman? Yeah, well, I mean, like Assassin's Creed 2 was the best Batman game <laughs> <laughs> up until up and up until Arkham Asylum. I mean, I'm I'm serious. You know, just th- th- think about it. He creeps around. He jumps from building to building. He fights crime. He serves a higher purpose. He uses gadgetry. He only needs his cloak to be black instead of white, and he's good. Yeah, and you can get a black cloak. So you there know, you are. <laughs> I'm the I'm, I'm the I'm the goddamn Batman. Is what I am. Uh, and then there's also like city rebuilding throughout Constantinople. I'm really happy they decided to go to Constantinople. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed they didn't go to like St. Petersburg or whatever. Uh, mm. That would have been nice, but as far as like architecturally striking cities from that era, uh, they, they they hit the jackpot there. Well, they get the same whole like spirey thing going on, right? Am I yeah. thinking of the right city? Yeah, I mean it's like this nice little um, this this nice little uh, cross section intersection between medieval Renaissance Roman type stuff and Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. So it's like this. It's just this half in, half out, half Asia, half Europe. Really neat. And the game is going to be coming out this November, meaning that there will have been one Assassin's Creed game every year for three years. Yeah. And so they're they're really milking this Assassin's Creed trilogy in quotations for all it's worth. To quote Luquid Keatsman from Uh the Joystick Podcast, it's not milking it if it's still awesome. (laughs) Milking would imply degradation in quality. And if Brotherhood was any indication, they have only gotten better. Fair enough. Nice try. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was I about to say? I was about to say, oh, yeah. I, I expect at least one Istanbul shit uh, one-liner slash pun. Yeah. I, I, I'd expect it, too. Have you have you played Brotherhood yet? I have not. It's actually uh, in my line to play. Um, I got it out and uh, just haven't had the time to delve into it yet. I gotcha. However, I've, I've, I've seen it in action in a couple of instances uh, via my roommate. Yeah. Further proof that 2011 is the year of too many good games. <laughs> ah, I yes. mean, that, 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 that would be my, my, my only complaint. It's an embarrassment of riches. Now it's time for what we have been playing. With no Ben here, we're not able to do a, I want to play a game. Oh, sadly. Um, sadly. Um, 
Although that th- that's that's been really popular, especially the uh, the Who Are You? Oh, glad to hear. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, in lieu of that, we're going to talk about what we've what we've been playing. Um, it's a it's a pale substitute. I know. Um, we all um miss Ben. Um, I desperately wish he were here. Yeah. Although it's hard but, to get uh, a paler substitute than Ben. He's he's pretty pale. I, let's let's be entirely <laughs> fair here. I think that we are we could all be mistaken for cave fish. Probably. Um, especially me. Probably. <laughs> so, um speaking of things that have been under a rock for a very long time, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um <laughs> the franchise Mortal Kombat fighting game yeah, like super violent. Yeah, like was the reason they 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 brought out a uh, um a video game rating system because Congress got all in a huff because it was dangerous to the kids, like the rap music and the comic books. Yeah, yeah, with uh, ingraining into the public consciousness the phrase "finish him, get over here." Yeah, that too. Come here. Yeah, um, yeah, that it's it's still the same stuff. Um, I played the Xbox version. Uh, didn't play any multiplayer. Um, but I did play some of the thoroughly ludicrous. Um single player story mode um does have a story ludicrous <laughs> do you mean that in a good way <laughs> um you, you know what i was i was really prepared to um to to be sitting to use a phrase that i am so loath to propagate i i, I was prepared to sip on the haterade um <laughs> as, as as it were the proverbial haterade um but um proverbial haterade is the name of my ska band thank you thank you for that <laughs> I, I love it when i drop those and you pick them up um yeah no i was i was prepared to you know to to, to not like it and say but you know it's campy i i hate to i hate to use this in reference to games because it's much more profound than that but it is what it is mm-hmm. um and the th- the thing is it's 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 presenting the story of the first three games Really, like in in a in a way that is coherent, as opposed to like being in snippets at the end, you know, like right before the credits. I feel like story in a fighting game always has to be said kind of snickering into your sleeve. Yeah, and 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 they and they do that. Um, But you know, just as a game and as a fighting game, I would say that it's it's it succeeds. Um, I only had to crank back the uh, I only had to crank back the difficulty because for some reason they thought it would be an amazing idea, like a really really good idea for throughout the uh, the story mode to throw you into two on one battles. Really? Yeah. So let me let me let me paint this situation. You have one health bar. Uh-huh. All right. Um, and uh, effectively you're fighting against two people. Um, they can do combos off of each other if they have enough of their super bar um, filled up. Is it tag team style or is it is it two on one? It's it's tag team style. Okay, but like you know, like the computer can just say, okay, I'm going to do this crazy like you know tag combo where like I attack you and then while you're stunned, this this other guy comes in and it attacks and then yeah. there you go. But effectively, it's one life bar against two, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I, I Given the way that Mortal Kombat is balanced and the way that it's supposed to play, if if anything puts you on the defensive, if anything makes you play Mortal Kombat conservatively, mm-hmm. that is a failing because it doesn't understand the kind of you know, the strengths of the game, which is I'm going to wail on shit until all of its blood <laughs> falls out. <laughs> Punch it till it stops moving. Punch it till it stops moving. Yeah, it's it's it, it's 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 it, it thoroughly misses the point. And that was enough to make me put it down and not want to pick it back up again. Really? Yeah. If I was playing with, you know, somebody else, it, it, it would be pretty cool. Just like to, you know, drink a couple of beers and, you know, have, you know, Sub-Zero beat the shit out of Mortal, you know, beat the shit out of Scorpion. That, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would be fun. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not for me. I, I make, I make no um, pretense of being a fighting game fan. 
Um, I think mm-hmm. that I've always liked uh, the idea of being good at a fighting game, but I'm terrible at them. <laughs> but I don't think um, get better at it is a compelling argument against uh, accusations of this game is unbalanced. Yeah, fair enough. So talk about, I, I know in the in the coverage and in the hype, they went really big on the fatalities being just over the top and really fun to watch and stuff like that. Does it come through the way they said it was going to? It plays the way I remember Mortal Kombat being. Okay. Which I, th- I think speaks to the effectiveness of the remake, you know, because if they just presented Mortal Kombat as it was, you'd say, this sucks. Where you know, Where's the hyper-realistic graphics that I remembered? Well, actually, no, they were hyper-realistic for the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this cranks it up enough so that, you know, me playing it right there makes me think of how I felt when I was, you know, seven years old and playing Mortal Kombat, at, you know, in my grandma's house with the door closed mm-hmm. uh, because for some reason they let me rent it. And I didn't want mom to see. Thanks. Uh-huh. I love you. Um yeah, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it does pick up. The problem is when you're in story mode, you can't really do a fatality uh, because if you kill somebody, they can't show up in the story again until later. I think uh, uh, like towards what? towards the end, you can't do. So like in the arcade mode, it's like, oh, you can, you know, like rip somebody's guts out and spell spell your name with them. Um, and then but, fight them in the next round. Right. Yeah. But in this like, but in this one, like if somebody dies, it'd be like for real. So for narrative reasons, there's no finish him. And oh. then you tap your buttons and then go this just gives, so, me, gives me visions of like a hyper branching storyline where there's a different <laughs> outcome based on who you actually kill and who you let live and which would be pretty amazing right that would that would be interesting to see yeah i like that a lot uh but sadly that was not the case i did play around a little bit i went into they have they have a pretty full featured um uh fatality practice mode where mm-hmm. like it like it gives you tips on how to like pull them off but as far as like actually putting them into practice i was not able to the fatalities <laughs> that i saw were you know thoroughly gory i'm not the kind of person that, that appeals to was it was um, it just gory or was it cool it was stylist it was stylized i'd say okay. um yeah i would, I would say i, I Again, I'm not the person I appeal to us, so I wasn't like kicking rad, you know. He, <laughs> he 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 made a mask out of her vagina and then kicked her kid, you know. I I, I didn't <laughs> I, 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 I I don't I don't dig on that, but it was like it was it was stylized enough to be like, hey, that's pretty cool. Same thing with the X-ray attacks, you uh-huh. know, where it's just kind of like, but it defies like the, the X-ray attacks. So basically, you you fill up your super meter and then you press both triggers and then it like does a super move where like you you know if you land it, it does a lot of damage. So like the mm-hmm. idea is your super meter fills up um if you land special attacks but also if you um take a lot of damage mm-hmm. the idea being that you know if you're just being pummeled you can actually you know somewhat even the playing field a little bit because your super meter fills up as you're taking damage you got a fighter's chance yeah yeah so like you know it's kind of like your last ditch effort to really throw them off and that's cool but but the problem is and i know that it is super stupid of me to be quibbling about verisimilitude in a mortal combat game uh but uh you know some of the some of those x-ray moves although you know suitably brutal and you know quite frankly kick-ass you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) It defies uh, reasonability that somebody could have blades stuck through their eyes and have their spine cracked and their pelvis busted open and just all these <laughs> all these crazy things um, and still function. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sheer willpower. Is this what we've been playing or completely missing the point? Like, what's the title of this? Yeah, because uh, I, I feel like I'm being pedantic. I mean. I had fun with it, but also keep in mind, I didn't pay to play it. Yeah. So, you know. 
So you haven't gone online. I would imagine it's the typical um, fighting game fair where the only thing you find online is people who have memorized every move that their character has and have beaten the game on perfects for every round 300 times in a row and all that stuff yeah yeah the the old penny arcade um uh joke about uh warcraft 3 matchmaking consisting entirely of uh the game finding somebody who was able to come and sexually assault you uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that probably would have held, held true based based on what i know about it from what i understand it's kind of like uh, street fighter 4 in that a lot of people um are choosing to play with one character and think in this case it's either uh, scorpion or uh. one of the other uh just you know a character that is you know that has a marked advantage and with a game like mortal Kombat, where the emphasis isn't going to be entirely on balance uh that is something where it's more of a problem and i couldn't you know i, I couldn't see playing mortal Kombat, you know with anonymous strangers over the internet get given that its heritage is in playing you know on genesis with hmm. people who with you know with like my my older brother and me you doesn't know, know but, your opponent. Yeah, yeah. You know, me abusing the uppercut and then him kicking the shit out of me. Um, so In real life? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what else have you been playing? Well, it's it's actually kind of funny that you mentioned good old games because um, I spent a little bit of last week, um, before last episode actually, um, installing Windows on my old MacBook that you can see over there, uh-huh. the one that's not recording the show, um, Windows 7. And uh, I did that with the express purpose of trying out good old games because there's some stuff on there uh it's been on there for a little while it's just kind of like well you know i'm i'm running out of stuff that i'm you know need to play and i don't really have an awful lot of money like i've got la noir coming out next week um but beyond that i don't you know have an awful lot of uh money to buy other yeah. games so good old games seem like a really good uh, a really a really good alternative for that so i got windows fired up on the old machine and uh i purchased and downloaded uh planescape torment Okay. Um, have I mentioned this game to you before? Never heard of it in my life. Um, actually, you probably have because I think in uh, Extra Lives, Tom Bissell uh, talked about it briefly. Really? Yeah. It, it's a it's a computer role playing game. Um, it's based on the Planescape um, universe for the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, specifically uh, Dungeons and Dragons version two or second edition. Okay. Um, so basically, the idea is you know there are multiple planes of existence, um, and you play somebody who uh, can never experience true death. Um, mm-hmm. So like the idea is you know people are killed and they're brought back in another, in another plane, and then gotcha. you know they're, they're just like always like that. But eventually, it's all traveling towards this like nirvana like state of oblivion. And so you wake up in a crypt and you're like, okay, why don't I know who I am and why can't I actually die? So then you're venturing out uh, um, into the hive, which is, um, you know, kind of the center of all the planes and uh, um, trying to figure out – it's kind of like a film noir story, almost uh-huh. a little bit like uh, Blade Runner, and you're amassing a ragtag crew of. Uh, I of, walked uh, up to the level fourteen. <laughs> Too many drinks to be. What's the word? <laughs> Tactful. Definitely, it's and, and and you know, I I this is definitely a game that's in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much in the style of uh, you know, of of Bioware type stuff. Um, in that you know, there's 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 plenty of you know combat, and you know, it definitely is couched in the Dungeons and Dragons. You know, you take a turn, I take a turn. We can pause this, then I'll issue my commands and all of that. It's couched in that, but um it's uh, i forget who developed it and that is really really shameful it yeah. came out back in uh, 1999 if that's any indication of like how far we're going back um that's a good and old game. yeah and i've never been able to uh find a copy of it and good old games uh you know 
they, they it's it's commendable actually because they have taken it they've made it so that it can run um on my machine which is you know a four-year-old macbook pro that is running mm-hmm. an os that it really wasn't designed to run the fact that i can see an image and control it that's pretty cool um <laughs> and, it, and it looks it still looks pretty good you know it's it's obviously dated a little bit but what strikes me about planescape um is how dense it is like how, yeah. how like how dense it is with dialogue, how dense it is with story. I've probably played it for about I would say three hours now, um, mm-hmm. you know, give or take. And I really haven't even gotten started on the main story. I will not. Make, I will not make um, an appeal to the to the idea that length equals good. In fact, I think something can be you know very long. But just the you know just the fact that you can spend a good deal of time. You know, you're walking up to a random person at a bar and they may not have a quest that's associated with them, but there is some kind of, you know, I hate the word, but quirky side story that is associated with them Mm -hmm. that they will tell you and like bring life to this world and, you know, everything that's happening around you. Um, And it's just it's it's one of those things that it plays directly to my preferences in role playing games because um, I like to play the the character that can talk his way out of anything. Uh huh. And if you have a high enough wisdom score and a high enough charisma score, you can do that. Like you, you, like you rarely ever have to fight and you can, you know, talk your way into recovering memories and getting, you know, stuff like that. So it is a game that you can play, you know, as a choose your own adventure, resorting to combat if you need to. Nice. And I think it's the purest expression of what I wish, uh, you know, things like, uh, you know, um, Elder Scrolls or, you know, um, Fable could have been. Yeah. But they weren't. So, but this is, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with the description of density. You know, we talk about length of game and whatever. It's really about the density of the game. It sounds like this is a game that that is just, well, both long and jam packed with interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, and, and, and you're right. It is interesting. That's uh, a lot of reading. There's no, <laughs> there, there, there's no voice. In fact, I would say this is closer to a novel than a game. But that is so not in its detriment. In its detriment, I'd uh-huh. say. So, Very cool. Yeah, I like it. You know, and for ten bucks, you, you really can't do wrong. I, I don't like to make a, an appeal to price. I, I, I say all these things. I don't like to do it, but then I then I go and do it. So uh-huh. I'll, I'll make an appeal to price here for ten dollars. The fact that it'll run on almost any machine that is not Mac or Linux, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I'm a, I'm a geek and I'm per, per, perpetually left out. Um, I definitely have had a very good um, experience. Uh, with it and um i kind of eagerly await to see what else you're going to add to it cool yeah good old games i mean not planscape planscape is very planscape is probably like like super super dead like 12 years old dead yeah Um, oh no i heard there was an expansion pack just rumors but uh, (laughs) like a fan patch or something like yeah right um that's i the number of games that could have those kinds of expansion packs if the developer were to be like hey any fans who are interested we're going to give you license to do it um i i imagine you could get a lot of quote-unquote dead games that could be revived yeah. um just because people like them enough and there's talent out there i'm sure that there are still people playing the original neverwinter nights by sheer um dint of will and the fact that bioware had the foresight to include all of their creation tools with it when they shipped it there's one disc that has the game there's another disc that has the entire aurora engine in fact i think that um i know that uh planescape is built entirely on the infinity engine which Mm was uh um, bioware's uh, creation for Baldur's gate Mm -hmm. um and so I, i i would actually not be surprised to find out that there are some very well regarded uh player made campaigns 
There you go. Now, yeah. is that is that sort of the sort of thing that if you buy it on good old games, you can access if you were so inclined? I'm not sure, actually. I'd have to take a look at that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So is there anything else you uh, have been playing? He said stalling until his <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not, not really. No, unfortunately. Um, I wish that I could tell you, uh, you know, I've made a little bit of progress in sword and sorcery. Um, oh yeah. But not enough to, um, say anything, you know, fresh and new about it. Have that you I tweeted said any before. lines? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, after I found the gold trigon, I said, you know, well, we found the gold trigon. We're the best or something like that, <laughs> which is their version of the Triforce. Still amazing. Uh, the, the soundtrack is part of my daily, uh, ambient listening, which is pretty mm-hmm. neat. Um, very low key, like apparently this podcast is. <laughs> Welcome to NPR Game Chat. My name is Whispers Mickey. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving. Oh wow! Move. I should look at the spike there. The spike on the spike on the waveform. Bam! Were you expecting that? Were you? I wasn't. It actually really hurt, um, <laughs> and it hurt the audience too. Why'd you do that, you monster? Um, <laughs> so, uh, tell me what you've been playing, man. Yeah, not not much is the honest truth. I uh, I've had this whole life thing. Uh, kicking down my front door and uh and between school and work and house hunting and all this crap uh video games have have gotten the shaft Ooh, i know um however i i did get to squeeze in a little bit here a little bit there i played a little bit of dead rising which was which was fun nothing new to add there i mean just got to make those uh undead dead <laughs> and uh and that's all there is to it uh played a tiny little bit of world of goo it's quirky. It's fun. You should play it. And that's you know, a good game. We yeah, it's it's a great game. Why um, isn't that in the Smithsonian? That's really good. That's true. Why let's 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 write them a letter. I'm sure <laughs> if if we send them a letter, our our combined willpowers will sway them. I was about ready to say let's burn it down, but I think that might actually constitute a threat. So possibly, maybe, maybe. I mean, whatever. Um, and then finally, I guess this doesn't really count, but I, I cl- started clicking my way through MS Paint Adventures. Which is set it's, up like an adventure game, but not really. Not really a game. It's more of a webcomic, but you know. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's like the closest I got to any serious video game playing this week was clicking through some MS Paint adventures Attaboy. in my class. I guess that says something. I'm, I'm willing to read a webcomic web um, screwing around in class, but there's something in me that feels like if I were to load up an actual game um, that I would be crossing a line. You don't want to be that guy. Who's playing I mean, a game in class? No, because it's distracting. I think I think that's I think that's a real dick move. Like the like the um, MS Paint Adventures, like flashing screens that are animated <laughs> are not distracting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also I I I I I remember walking into a lecture late, like I usually was, um, and just seeing the the uh, the preponderance of white and blue screens and realizing nobody is paying attention. Oh, no, they're they're all on Facebook. They're all dicking around. They're all on Facebook. And I, I still haven't figured out what verb is associated with Facebook. Like what, what, what they're doing. Stalking, <laughs> you, you know. I mean, I'm more of an acera man myself, the Spanish verb meaning to make or to do. But, huh. you, you know, but yeah, so you, you, you don't want to be that guy. I mean, if you're busy, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be playing Angry Birds in a meeting. You don't want to. Oh, I've, I've, I've sat next to that guy. Yeah. And you don't want to be um, Mr. Angry Birds in class either, because that's a real dick move. So says the man who at every class that he went to, um, he took his notes on a legal pad with a pilot g2 gel pen um and used index cards for references by god unless it was necessary to have a laptop no if you have a laptop it's for screwing around i think that's just understood and but i tell you what it's senioritis that's carte blanche okay um 
should be able to just wear my headphones, you know, throughout class and, you know, play shooters. You can, you can avoid that by getting some, uh, by getting some, uh, um, condoms at the, uh, at the, uh, student health center. Avoid headphones? Senioritis. Oh, gotcha. I didn't know it was transmittable that way. That explains a lot. I had a lot of sex my senior year and, um, that's a, that's a fucking lie, Jesus. No, um, I was going to say, I had a lot of sex with senior year. I had a that bad, no, that's, that's a lie. Yeah, so, I would, I would have bought it. Um, I can't, I can't even, I can't even trick people on the podcast that I run. <laughs> Damn it. But anyway, uh, so, so just kind of dabbling in games that I'm, um, uh, been working on for a while. I've got Assassin's Creed Brotherhood in, in the queue, uh, of, well, that sounds wrong. Because it's not in my queue, it's in my house now. So um, I've got Assassin's Creed Brotherhood ready and waiting whenever I get the inclination. And uh, I, I hopefully we'll be able to talk about that a little bit next week. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. I ask you to do one thing for the show. Mm, play because games? I, I, I do the majority of the pre-pro. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do all the post-production, I do the promotion. Um, the one thing that you, I mean, aside from showing up here so graciously and, you know, giving me a couple of hours of your time every week, the one thing that I ask you to do is play games and you have so utterly abjectly failed me that quite frankly, it's, it's admirable the, 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 the length to which you have gone to disappoint. You know, you can only save the world. You can only save the world so many times before the weight starts getting to you. And frankly, it wasn't school. It wasn't work. I just needed an escape. You know, you can't always be the hero to have have the covenant breathing down your neck, Dennis. to have a psycho killer Dennis. on the loose, to have a Dennis. mall of zombies. You just it's, it gets hard. Dennis, I never asked you to save the world. I asked you to save this podcast. I feel like we need to have music. Swell. Oh, oh, don't worry. I'll do that in post. Yeah, you that's, know, uh, that was good. Yeah. I, just, I feel like I need to stop and think about that for a okay, second. Okay, we should probably take a quick music break. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and now it is time for the discussion segment of our program where we ask our listenership, you people out there, you with the with the with the iPod headphones in or um, in your car listening to us. I know you. I see you right there. You male or female. Um, and stop that. That's just gross. <laughs> people can see you if you're if you're just um, OK. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to teach you shame because obviously your mother couldn't. So. Um, so, so anyway, what, what, what we have here is a success at communicating because uh, this question has proved to be very, very, very popular. And that question is, what is your stance on using strategy guides, facts, also known as FAQs or wikis in completion in, uh, uh completing a game? Do you cheat like a gutless dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's another way to put it. Do you not have the balls to finish a game on your own? But but I said tactfully. So let's uh you know let's 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 be easy here because I think I might need to review what the word tactfully means. Be, because because you don't know where I fall on this. Okay, fair enough. Maybe you do. Maybe I've you don't know where I fall either. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So um, scum sucking strategy guide using cores. But 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 no, I'm just I'm just messing around. <laughs> that is funny. Okay, so let's uh. <laughs> 
let us let us rush to our listeners' aid uh, because we have so many, so many people here. Uh, a, a small little note: this is actually inspired by an episode of the great podcast Judge John Hodgman. I don't know why I am uh, promoting them uh, because they, he, you know, he has so many, um, you know. He's a very popular man, um, and you know he he also has all that Apple money coming in. So yeah. he's the I'm a PC guy. He's also on the Daily Show. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, a question came before the judge um, asking, "Hey, you know, is my friend cheating by using the strategy guide um, or you know FAQs for Mega Man X?" Um, and uh, the judge ruled that uh, even though it is cheating, it doesn't really matter. But let's see. Let's see what everybody here said. We have, we all we know what the final word is now. So let's put in some uh, some extenuating things here. This is Toledo eight nine zero four on Twitter says I only use them when really really stuck or trying to get every secret secret the second or third time through a game. So last resort. And I'm imagining this will be a pretty popular um, response here um, on uh, on the listeners' part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's you need it to. You just need it to get by as a last resort. Yeah. So, so I mean, and and that and that's probably one of the more liberal responses we're going to get, which is <laughs> when when really really stuck. But how do you know if you're really really stuck though? Right. I mean, you know, how many? Yeah. Like, how many you, hours? Could you just be trying? I mean, like, have you been banging your head against this wall for you know at least a week of your life? You know. I say if you haven't grown a significant amount of facial hair. In the time that you've been sitting and playing, you're not stuck yet. If you don't hate the game yet, then you obviously haven't been trying to wring blood from that stone long enough. So get back to work and close game facts, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what did uh, what did one of your what uh, one of the other listeners say on your let's, end there, Dennis? Let's go. I'll take I'll take even more extreme uh, than that. That answer, uh, Kevin from Facebook says that he is against using strategy guides and the like reduces the sense of accomplishment from success. I think that's that's a that's an interesting thought. Um, you know, if you use a strategy guide, you didn't really beat it. You uh, had someone handhold you through it. You didn't really succeed. I take issue with that. Oh well, I'll never forget the moment. I think this comment is very relevant, and it's just just how deflating the idea of using a strategy guide to get you through is. In uh, Batman: Arkham Asylum, uh, to find the Riddler trophies, yeah, I used a guide and was going through and picking them up. And you know, you know, half of the fun of finding all these trophies is the Riddler is slowly being driven insane by your success, thinking, thinking that he is so smart, no one could possibly be beating. And at one point, he literally says, "You're using a strategy guide, aren't you? I know it. Admit it." And I just felt completely deflated in that second. And well, you know that he would have said that even if he didn't use a strategy guide. Right? I know, but the fact that he was right. <laughs> He was right, damn it. We can't let I, the Riddler be right, even though this the show's name does contain one of his catchphrases. I, I feel yeah, I, I feel like he uh he saw into my soul in that moment and it was not a pretty thing. And I just so that 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 idea of, of taking away your sense of success, I think when I heard that quote, um I stopped trying to collect all the Riddler trophies. Because <laughs> it was like I can't use a guide now. He called me out. You were adequately shamed. I was more than adequately shamed. <laughs> That just, that just reminds me of, uh, there's a, it may be apocryphal, but John Lennon in one of his many TV appearances, you know, he was like talking to the interviewer and then just, he answered a question. Then he looked into the camera and he said, isn't that right, Steve? <laughs> and everybody named Steve who was watching that. Yeah. You know, just like freaked the fuck out because John Lennon is talking directly to them. I don't know. I'd freak out if John Lennon or the Riddler was talking to me. Yeah. Or so. if John Lennon asked me riddles. 
Yeah. So I think, yeah, it definitely, you know, you didn't succeed at the video game if you did this from Kevin's perspective, at least, you know, you were, you were able to read and follow directions. Congratulations, big whoop. <sighs> you are on par with most third graders. Oh boy. Oh, uh, let's, let, let's see. I'm, I'm beginning to see where you fall. Um, so this is mouse 58 Sasha on Twitter, a, a, a very, um, very avid contributor to the show. Thank you so much, Sasha. Uh, she says, because I play games to see the story and relax, I use any source possible to stay uh, to stay unfrustrated, which usually equals moving forward and making progress. Mm. So, I mean, that's a compelling argument, too. And I think you're seeing where I fall on this. Uh, she continues to say in a second tweet, uh, that said, even with a walkthrough, I can't finish Riven, the sequel to Myst. Uh, I must be game challenged. <laughs> and I have to say, Sasha, although I reassured you on Twitter, Riven is, in fact, unbeatable. Is it really? No, it's not. You can beat it. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's effectively unbeatable. It's never, funny. never ask the question really. It mm. only brings bad things. Especially when it's me. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> you should know I'm a fucking asshole, man. Uh, okay. Uh, so, and then I have another quick one here yeah, for, go ahead. before we cut in. This is, uh, this is Chase, the dragon sword, uh, or the dragon's word. I can never figure out which on Twitter. He says, short answer, not usually. Long answer, more than 140 characters. So <laughs> we can just weighing in. Uh, so most people are that. saying that there are exceptions. Yeah. Uh, most people that they're, they're not taking as, as much of a hard line approach as, uh, as, as your friend and acquaintance, uh, Kevin did. Now, mm -hmm. while, while I open up my Facebook responses, um, I'm going to ask you, Dennis, um, where, where, where do you fall on this? I generally take, as you've heard expressed tonight, I generally take a very, very hard line on FAQs and, and the like, I um, take a sense of pride in being able to get through things without coaching or hand-holding. And while I, I completely admit that drives me to be in spots where a game stops becoming fun and I have to walk away from it for a while or, you know, I'm frustrated, I want to throw my controller, um, I feel like that emotional deficit is more than paid back when I actually do succeed. Um, and for me, it's all worth it. You know, when, when finally that light bulb goes on and I realize, aha, I get it now. I've figured it out. Um, it, it, it is worth all the time spent angry and confused and feeling stupid. <laughs> um, now that, that might be just masochistic, uh, on my own, own part, you know, and I probably have ruined perfectly good games for myself by, no. uh, by refusing to look up a strategy guide. Um, however, I, I guess I, I'm not completely hardline on it, mm -hmm. but it's when I change my definition of success. Uh, okay. I see. So the series, so the, 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 the field, the, the goalposts are thoroughly movable. Yes. So for example, the, the most recent game that I looked up a strategy guide on was, um, uh, excuse me, linking Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Yeah. The goal quickly in that game, because I am a trophy whore, became get a platinum. But you were so, I mean, you were, you were so proud of the achievement that you, that, that, that you, that you got by platinum in that game. I mean, was that diminished at all by the fact that you had to, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, do the cheating whore move and. I have to, I have no, to say, no, I, because I, my platinum is is just as real as everyone else's platinum. He said with shifty eyes. Well, I mean, scratching. 
Uh, I, I would argue that if I, if as as long as I see the credits to the game, I don't, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I beat it just like everybody this else. This is true. The outcome. <laughs> Sorry, it's, just, it, mu- it must be justification and rationalization. Yeah, there was. I think the realization came that what I really care about is getting this platinum trophy. Yeah, and uh, the the effort to put into it was going to be too much to reasonably get on my own. Yeah. I feel like I'm demolishing my own argument. As well, I, no, I, I, but, uh, I, I think that I think that the, the, the key word, the operative word there is what I care about. Yeah. And, and, and when the, and when the goal went from this relatively, you know, depending on the game, this, 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 this relatively simple goal, this relatively well-defined goal of I'm going to beat this game, which you feel is within your ability to do, mm-hmm. um, to this much more complicated, you know, it, it, much more complex and time consuming thing, it, it, your value proposition shifted, what you care mm-hmm. about shifted. Yeah. So I, let me put the caveat that, that in, in your general stupid blockbuster action game, I, I probably don't care enough. And if, if you, yeah, this is the way to put it. If, if you get stuck in a game that you shouldn't get stuck in, it's okay to use a guide. So your general dumb, you know, hack and slash blockbuster game, God of War comes to mind. You shouldn't get stuck. Right. You know, that you should not, you should not. Yes, there are puzzles in the game, but honestly, it's about hacking and slashing. And so in that instance, it's, it's okay to use a guide. How, how do you how do you feel about um, situations where the design fails? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not apparent what you need to do next. You've lost the through through through, through some you know you, you might share some of the fault in this, but you've lost the thread of where you're supposed to go. Just to, you you have no idea that a couple of rooms back you missed pick, picking up widget A or hitting switch yeah. B, and just you're, you're you're groping around in the dark with no obvious way to move forward. As happens in those games. I mean, I remember you know being stuck in the first Devil May Cry for a very long time because I missed one of those little triggers, one of those flags and um you know i i resolved my fro- myself from this seemingly intractable situation by resorting to a fact yeah I, here's here's the thing in a game let's say like heavy rain or machinarium where it's so much of it is meant to be figuring it out and picking up on the small things i feel like it's it's not ever acceptable to go to a fact before you've beaten the game you know if if the game is designed to be a puzzle game, I, I take it as read that they have invested enough time to to make it beatable without a fact, you know, and to get rid of those flaws that would cause people to stumble. And anything that in there that caught anything in there that causes people to stumble is is supposed to be there. Right. So in in anything anything resembling a puzzle genre, I'm very very against using a fact. Mm-hmm. However, I will I will stray. Um, especially when given the carrot of a trophy to <laughs> chomp after. Um, in, so so when, the, when the award becomes tangible and permanent and exists outside of the game, in fact, probably where it matters more than if it was just bragging rights, um, mm-hmm. you know, bragging rights completely divorced of anything that was evidenced by, you know, something that was on your permanent record. I would argue it matters more when it's a trophy. <sighs> I would, I would say, I would say that you, sir, have tainted your good name. <laughs> <laughs> there should be an asterisk next to that platinum trophy, sir. Yeah, well, Barry Bonds didn't get it, so neither should I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say before we move on? Some no, I, I think I think yeah, I, I I like to view myself as a person who does not need or use strategy guides. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can probably catch me on them now and again. 
but not on puzzle games. <laughs> not on puzzle games. Okay. All right. I got you. Well, let's take a look here and see what happens on uh, on my Facebook over here. This yeah. is this is Andrew uh, on Facebook saying, I use guides, FAQs, and wikis to supplement the game. Most games, I don't bother using them. I usually use them if I'm trying for completion, like you said, hey. Lewis, or <laughs> kindred, kindred souls, or if I'm replaying something and just want to blow through the parts of the game I may have forgotten. As far as purchasing guides, I almost always do most times for the artwork. So not so much getting the guides. Um, and we, and we've, we've, we've spoken about this briefly. I can't say, you know, if it was, you know, S5, E6 or whatever. I, I can't pinpoint exactly where it was, but I've talked about I own several guides. And in fact, um, I have, um, you know, the, the majority of them. I have very fond memories of reading the guides. Um, as you know, almost a way to uh, play the game outside of <laughs> being able to play the game. In fact, I was I was uh, take a strategy guide to school guy. Um, really? And, yeah, I was. And I could see. I, I guess I feel I, I completely understand that. I feel like the purpose that the the guides gave you was to have uh, a way to experience the game outside of just the medium, the primary medium of interaction. However, I feel like guides have almost been supplanted. Um, literally and more metaphorically by um, the gaming websites. Yeah. So yes, you can now find pretty passable guides online, Mm -hmm. but gaming websites also provide that extra layer of analysis and discussion and what if scenarios, you know, I I was reading online today, something about um, our ideas for what the next iteration of Assassin's Creed should look like. And it's that kind of stuff that I think, uh, back in our day, <laughs> that you would find on in in a in a strategy guide that you would purchase hard copy. I feel like now you can get that online, right? But I I guess there's a market out there. I mean, Brink has a strategy guide. For God's sake, <laughs> Rock Band had a strategy guide. Do you know that, right? What Rock Band had a strategy guide. Do you know what it was? Play harder. Charts. Charts. It, it was it was it was the no charts with like. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> don't do that. No, does not compute. Do you own it? Uh, no, I, I I don't. But I saw it, and I was I was very thoroughly um I was very thoroughly <laughs> dismayed. Uh, you, at that. The, you see the charts every time you play it. You exactly you can't, if you can't <laughs> and, you know play fast enough to beat a part. You're you're not going to beat a part. I'm and, sorry. Yeah, and and I and I would argue that like hearing the song would be more valuable than 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 uh, seeing a chart in the way that it's laid out. The chart is you know is, is just a pale representation it's just letting you know what you should be doing yeah for real yeah um did you have uh do you, do you have one yeah bryant from facebook says he is for it but in moderation most games have at least one moment where they become frustrating and unfun if a strategy guide helps me get through that part and back to the fun quicker i'm all for it mm-hmm. but i wouldn't let it solve every puzzle and find every secret for me yeah I mean, that's like having your brother beat the game for you. Yeah, which, you I, know? hey, it can be fun to watch someone play a game. Tr- this, but, is, this is truth, but then, you know, you'd be taking credit for it. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, I, I paid my brother five cents an hour to grind at uh, Final Fantasy VII for... Hey, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather pay my brother than some Chinaman. Yeah, I guess. You know? <laughs> so. But it's, it's, it's a good point that I think, you know, you asked the question, is there... What what happens if you hit a design flaw? Mm-hmm. I think Brian says every game is going to have that point. Yeah, which is which is I think in, in some ways valid. You know that even if you don't find that point, I'm sure that every game has a point that yeah. is a stumbling block for other players. I think it was for uh, for Blops, Cod Blops. It was kick <laughs> the barrels. 
Yeah. And that was just the infamous, infamous, no one knew what to do. Well, there's you know? the, you know, there's the infamous, uh, you know, the, the casino night zone and, you know, Sonic three, uh-huh. there's, you know, the paint cans moment in, uh, the seventh guest, all uh-huh. of those, uh, what have been kind of colloquially referred to on the internet as guy dang it moments. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, where you say, God dang it, there's no way that I could do this without a guide. Uh-huh. Although some people have mer- apparently managed to do. Um, yeah, you just and again, be Sasha, in the right ways. Again, Sasha, Ribbon is made up almost entirely of guide dang it moments. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's hear a little, well, let's, let's take a look and see what Ben said, uh, because he's not here, but he uh-huh. did respond to us on, uh, on Facebook here. I uh, said, the only time I can do in the use of use of a strategy guide is when the task is unreasonably difficult, such as finding all of the hidden packages, tags, oysters, whatever in GTA games huh. or finding the eight stars in braid. Otherwise man up and figure it out. So, Ooh. I mean that, that, I think that's the closest to your stance that I've seen the whole night. Yeah. So I guess this, this begs the question. So can collectibles really be considered part of the game? Like it's a little, unless they have a, a, a real impact on, on what you're playing stuff like pigeons in, in GTA, you know, it's such a meta game that of course you're going to use a guide. Yeah, of course. I mean, just, just because it is so the, the, the rewards are less than the work that you would put into it to get it normally. So mm-hmm. going on and finding a little GIF map or, you know, all that. <laughs> that makes me think in, um, I believe it's Final Fantasy IX, uh, the mini game is a card game, kind of a, like a Pokemon Yeah, the style. Tetra Master. Yeah, exactly. And the, um, you know, you, you can spend so much time and ultimately if you get your inventory just right, you can hold one of every single kind of monster. Yeah. And the message that you get is an error. You actually break the game if you get to that <laughs> point. And it is just such a, a discrepancy in the amount of time invested versus the reward gotten. Yeah. Um, that it's 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 laughable. And well, I say that as someone who didn't go through that process myself. Right. Um, but uh, hearing about that. A, oh be- a better example from that same game would be the Chocobo Hot and Cold game, which okay. was how you unlocked a lot of the ultimate weapons. Really? Um, but literally, it was hot and cold. So you ride a Chocobo and you say, hey, I'm going to go look for these hidden artifacts. And then it's just kind of like, oh, am I far from it or am I close to it? Oh, I'm far from it. Okay, am I far from it or close to it? Just keep on pinging and just kind of like, go oh, doing that. And like, it's a great way to kill time. But when I'm trying to push a narrative forward, it's not really a thing. But at least you got something out of it. This is true. Yeah. You know, for these cards, you got no. <laughs> but I mean, I think that, you know, Ben making a reference to the oysters or the pigeons or stuff like that, hidden packages, you you always got something for those. And mm. the rewards might have been pretty cool, but, you know, I'll be Shoot. I'll be damned if I explore Liberty City to find some pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was always fun to find that you just you just stumble on the one and shoot it. And then you'd spend like 10 minutes going, okay, well, I found one. There's got to be more around here. And you yeah. couldn't find any. And you almost had to stumble on them. Yeah. But given the fact that there's like 4,000, I mean. <laughs> I would say the collectibles, I mean, you know, unless they flesh out the narrative a la Alan Wake or um, Amnesia, mm-hmm. um, th- then it becomes kind of, and even Alan Wake, Alan Wake didn't get it. Of course, he had the manuscript pages, but then you also had like the thermoses, which did absolutely uh-huh. nothing. Yeah. And I realize I'm kind of damning myself further with, with this conversation because in, in uh, Lords of Shadow, the collectibles, A, weren't that hard to find, yeah. and B, actually did have a tangible effect. <laughs> so it was it was the Devil May Cry style of like, you collect all these orbs, but they're really, really bright, and they kind of like are right in your path anyway. Uh, not to that extent, but yeah, I could have found them if I had yeah. this at the time. Let's see here. Ken on uh, Facebook said, using a guide for normal quote-unquote gameplay. 
mechanics, i.e. puzzle solving, shouldn't happen. Using a guide to find all of the hidden collectibles in a game the size of FF or GTA. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing this here. That's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's fine. Also, no one should be buying guides. Uh-huh. That era should have died years ago. Total waste of money when you have the internet. Um, and that makes me feel a little bit ashamed of my shelf full of video game stretchy guides. I-, I think it's a collector's item, though. You know? Yeah. I agree. I, I I think it is too. I mean, I have, I, I have a lot of guides, and you know, I think the most recent guide that I bought was uh, was Fallout Three, mm-hmm. possibly, um, and I felt like that was warranted. Although I recognize the folly of that now, realizing how fully fleshed out the um, the Fallout wiki is, uh-huh, yeah. and, and that is a really valuable thing because that's you know that, that that's a game and that's a series where a bug could really throw you off, and you, you know, just the the aimless nature of that. You know, you just you you might you know not have as good of a time, you know, banging your head against that wall. I remember that that um, was a really horrible experience. I I had given uh, my copy of Fallout Three to uh, a friend to play, and they started up the game and went through the create a character sequence, and then couldn't get the game to move past. I believe that your first time shooting a gun, like the yeah. little BB gun, like that sequence would end and then the screen would just go black and nothing loaded up and you know i told him oh this game is so great you gotta try it, you gotta and then it it would not go for it and he'd be like restarted and try to get each time it was like an hour's worth of effort to get to that point and it, it would not work for any of those times and just, you you have egg on your face and... oh my gosh i felt like a horrible person yeah I don't, I don't know that a guide would have helped that <laughs> right it's just uh, a broken ass game yeah um <laughs> But uh, did you have any other Facebook uh, responses for it? No, those are, those two and my own thoughts were, were what I had to contribute. Okay. Well, um, then I'll do mine. Um, I have to please. say that I'm probably the most lax of any of us. Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, if, 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 if a game is getting in the way of itself, getting in the way of you enjoying it, and you have not given it the uh, – and, and you have given it the fair amount of chance to solve it on your own um, – you know, if we're going to put it in a value proposition, I paid for this damn game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm going to see as much of it as I can. So I'm going to get myself unstuck so I can continue seeing things that are worth, you know, seeing that I have. Obviously, that's a fallacy. You know, it's like, should I feel entitled to it if I can't do it? I don't uh-huh. I, I don't I don't take any measure of pride in my ability to play a game. I don't know how much of that is linked to my complete non-competitiveness, my, my non-competitive uh, nature, uh, the fact that I don't play competitive online games, etc. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't consider myself to be a person who's like, I'm so hardcore. I did this <laughs> as me. Just n- nothing. Like, like to me, it's kind of like, you know, I can't enjoy this movie if I can't get to the theater to play, you know, the, to, to, to see it. And I need to map and I need to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that, that's, that's a busted ass analogy, but, um, I get, I get where you're going with it. My, my, my many references to, um, my many references to my shelf of strategy guides have borne that out. And, you, you know, I, I think that I agree with everybody to a certain extent, which is that, um, you know, you should definitely give a game a chance and beat it on your own because it is satisfying, especially in games, you, you know, since we since we referenced Machinarium and Riven and Mist and, and, and all of those things. But, you know, there are times where 
you know, especially in games like that, where my way of thinking, my logic doesn't line up perfectly with the creators. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I don't know if that's a, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a shared failing. It's not a failing on his part exclusively. It's not a failing on my part exclusively. They're not a bad game designer. Otherwise it wouldn't be paid to do it. I'm not a bad video game player. I'm a person of average intelligence and I'd say slightly above average ability to recognize tropes in video games. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, and I, you know, even though my attention span is almost nil, I have a certain amount of patience. And if that patience is being taxed, I am, I am perfectly willing to, um, to, you know, extend, uh, extend my reach and look towards something that might help me, you know, you know, it's it's kind of like the argument they they talk about in, in in math classrooms now that there's there's the argument that you should allow all kids to do problems with calculators and you know be able to search the web for answers to problems because you know are, are you really teaching a kid anything by forcing them to memorize stuff that in any relevant situation they would easily be able to look up we should be teaching them instead to use the resources available to them to maximize their output. I'm super happy that you broached that subject because I wasn't going to be Mr. Pretentious and bring it into <laughs> the changing nature of what it means to be intelligent in modern America. But the fact Why not? Let's go there. <laughs> let's, let's, let's look at it this way. Um, I consider it, um, you know, if not a virtue, but let's just say I consider it um, an ability or a superpower. Um, superpower. Absolutely, I, I, I consider it a superpower. You know, I'm of average intelligence, but if you give me, um, you know, an hour and an internet connection with Google slash Wikipedia, I can tell you just about anything about anything, and I can probably make anything. Give me five hours and uh, Google, um, and I can probably build you a cabinet. Could blow up the whole world in this Google. Well, well I'm mean, speaking of the entire world. It's Archimedes Fulcrum, right? You could move the world if you had a lever big enough and a place to anchor it. Yeah. Right. And. <laughs> This is so outside of the scope of, you know, of, of, of video games and stuff like that. But, um, are we, like, how are we testing ourselves? Like, what's the criteria? And, you know, it's, it's almost entirely arbitrary. If you're competing and, you know, you are, you know, using a strategy guide, I have no idea what, because a strategy guide will do you no good in, you know, a strategy guide will do you no more good in Call of Duty than, you know, playing the game and actually looking at the damn maps will. Yeah. You know, <laughs> unless you're trying to find those little Intel drops, which are impossible. Right. But that's single player. And uh-huh. at, at, at that point, you know, you that's really true. just, you, you're, you're really just looking at yourself and to go back to what you said, what I care about, what I care about is experience in the game and having a good time with it. So you know, that's really, what I need. The real, you know? the real test of the game, Cole, is are you intelligent enough? To maximize your fun. Yes, this is true. Yeah, because <laughs> because ultimately, this is a pretty shitty way to spend our time. Bang right? our heads against the wall. Banging our head against the wall. Playing video games in general. Hmm. And so, hmm. <laughs> he thinks I, I, I disagree. I, good, okay, sir. Okay, no, but I guess in in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's it's it. it there are better things that we could be doing, but it's fun. You know, I uh-huh. mean, you, you know, drink, drink, drinking beer and shooting fireworks is a pretty way to, you know, is a pretty shitty way to spend your time. But, <laughs> you know, it just so happens that it doesn't require a really expensive box to do that. So I tend to, <laughs> I tend to go towards a more expensive one. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Unless that box is a box of fireworks. Those are expensive. Very, very expensive box of fireworks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've gone completely off the road. But if, but it, if that box that, is a free guide on, on how to get. On how to not blow your fingers off. That would be a good thing. Yeah, my uh, uh, I I knew a lady once lost her lost her fingers to lady fingers, the little <laughs> ones. 
That's no, that was a really bad joke. No, it's not. She she's fine. She her whole hand is 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 whole. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so I imaginary guess, lady, are you all right? I, I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is it may matter to some people, but to me personally, it doesn't. Fair enough. And softy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I spent my entire life playing video games, getting great enjoyment out of them. But, you know, I'll admit I've used a strategy guide once many times. So, I mean, I'm staggered by the amount of response that we've gotten to that question. I think that uh, I need to do a little bit of searching to see what about that <laughs> was so thought um, intriguing. Maybe it appealed to people's elitism. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think that's I, th- I think that's all she wrote. I think um, so. So thank you so much for writing in. Um, can't thank you enough. All that good stuff. That was episode number 113 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. Um, what can you do? What can you do? Well, you can let us know um, what you thought of the audio quality on this. If you found it substantially better than uh, the way we normally do things over Skype, let me know. Um, uh, it's certainly easier to do it this way, at least for me. Um, but I want to know if this should become a priority to make this setup, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, possible in the in, in the near future, as opposed to the uh, somewhat near to far future. Um, and so, for those for those of you worried about my well being, I'm perfectly willing to tolerate being in the same room with Cole okay. for an extended period of time. All Don't right. worry about that. Don't let that taint your decision. It's hot as hell in here, though. It's really hot. It did get hot in here. It's really hot. I think all that hot air we blew about the strategy guides. (laughs) But uh, what can you do aside from let us know uh, what you think of the recent audio changes and gear changes and stuff like that? Um, You can go to DontreeRiddle.com, and um, there you can find a link to our Twitters. I am at Cole Ross. That is Cole with a K, K K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. And Dennis, you are? I am at D Furia, which is the letter D, F as in Foxtrot, (laughs) U-R-I-A. And our erstwhile cohort, uh, Benjamin Merkel. You can be found at Merkelizer. Um, so all of that is there. Uh, while you're at that website, you can also uh, check out our iTunes listing. I uh, have a couple more reviews there, at least ratings. We have an average rating, could, but hey. yeah, we could use some more. So if you've been listening to us for a while and you haven't dropped us a review, it's a super quick process, especially if you are an iTunes user. Um, and uh, and you, you can't imagine how much that helps. Um, you know, what's our what's our average rating right now? Uh, five stars. Out of, out of how many stars? Out of five. Booyah. Yeah, so we're batting 100 right now. But uh, Keep it, keep it think, up, though. I think that's because it's listeners and they like us, though. So, Yay. yeah, it still counts. Um, I'm still going to count that. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, what else can you do? Tell your friends all of that good stuff. Um, I, I can't think of any other homework, so I think I'm going to leave you be. Can you think of anything else, Dennis? Um, we already dropped the subliminal cue in the episode, so I think we're covered there. Okay, uh, okay. So they'll take care of that that other part of it without even knowing it. Red team go. Red team go. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, this has been Cole Ross. And Dennis Furia. Thank you so much.